Hello, this is Charles Romans, your host for Shadows of Legend. The creatures we call cryptids have been around for centuries, often dating back to a time before any written language was committed to papyrus with quill and ink. In a very real, if only subtle way, these creatures are both pillars and the architects of society as we know it. Why? Because belief governs behavior, and behavior is the building blocks with which the walls of society are made. The soaring columns of ancient Greece were raised beneath a sun men and women believed was the colossal wheel of a god's chariot. The roads of the ancient Roman Empire were paved by men and women who consulted oracles and offered sacrifices for fair weather while they toiled. The indigenous people of North America believed in Sasquatch, the raven, and the coyote, and still acknowledge those to this day. Dragons are still prominent in Asian cultures, and our calendars still echo the Old Norse in Wednesday and Thursday, a nod to Odin, sometimes referred to as Woden, and Thor. But one of those creatures we have relegated to mere flights of fancy. Perhaps it is safe to smile or laugh quietly at the mention of certain legends, but then again, perhaps not. Most things, however fanciful, contain some small germ of truth in them, even if the tales were simply told to illustrate a point or to teach a lesson. So welcome, and I hope you enjoy this short detour through the shadows of legend. Legends cast long shadows across time and space. Their origins are sometimes lost, or as is more often the case, they are altered or appropriated by the more modern cultures that replace those that existed during the origin point of the legend. Because of this, as we stand in the present and look back at those legends, what we truly see are shadows of shadows and no clear picture of whom or what cast the original shadow. Such is the evolution of belief as it becomes first legend, then myth, and then perhaps true belief once again. Sometimes more recent legends mirror old legends until the two become either synonymous or polar opposites, like two faces of the same coin. Such is the case with Santa Claus and Krampus. Santa Claus is, of course, the benevolent Christmas legend which can be traced back to a monk named St. Nicholas who was born between 260 and 280 AD in a village called Patara, which is part of modern-day Turkey. It's believed that he died on December 6th in the year 343 at the age of 73 years old. This is why St. Nicholas Day is celebrated on December 6th. His habit of secret gift-giving and him being, among many other things, the patron saint of children eventually led to his evolution into the modern Santa Claus. Though the origin of Santa Claus can at least in theory be traced back to an actual human being who once lived, his polar opposite of Krampus cannot. In some legends, Krampus is said to be the offspring of the Norse death goddess Hel or Hela, and his purported behavior would seem to bear this out. His name is a derivative of the German word Krampen, which means claw and he was thought to have been part of pagan rituals for the winter solstice. Those rituals predated Christianity by perhaps thousands of years, and Krampus fits the pagan model well. Long before Christianity spread across Europe and the world, the pagan world was filled with what the modern world would consider nature spirits. The pagan world was nothing if not anthropomorphic with life and sentience, attributed to everything from rocks and trees to the very rivers that flowed along dark paths that wound through even darker forests. The pagan world was an often terrifying place, and the spirits said to guard the wild places were seldom friendly to the human race. 
Mischievous at best and lethal at their worst, those nature spirits peered from behind the boles of trees at feeble human settlements or whispered a siren song from the dark pools that lured the unwary to their deaths. From the steppes of ancient Russia to the bogs and fens of what would become the British Isles, pagan spirits meted out rough justice to those arrogant enough to invade their domains and more rarely capriciously granted gifts to those who found their favor. These spirits were not even remotely human, though they did take on a version of human form when it pleased them, or to hunt the humans brave or foolish enough to wander too far beneath the heavy canopy of branches and leaves that blotted out the sun. Those souls fortunate enough to encounter these beings and escape their clutches brought back strange tales indeed, tales of ambulant trees with wizened faces of old men and long, mossy beards that swayed in the breeze, or tales of beautiful women, naked but for translucent silk garments that waded beneath the surface of still pools and beckoned seductively for humans to join them in their watery lair. Still more tales they brought back of men of titanic stature who were not men at all, but rather an amalgamation of different aspects of wild forest creatures fashioned into a semblance of man. Horned men with the haunches of goats and cloven hooves of the same. And it is from these creatures that the shape of Krampus was born. But with the spread of Christianity, Krampus became associated with Christmas. This was by no means the intent of the Catholic Church, who would have liked nothing better than to ban the dark shadow of their saint. Perhaps, however, the people of Europe and beyond remembered a time before the advent of Christianity, and pagan roots ran deep, roots up which the now demonic Krampus scampered with black glee. The pagan spirit became the devilish counterpart of the kind saint, and for many years the two became inextricably linked. Saint Nicholas is depicted as a kind, sometimes jolly man, but Krampus is depicted as a half-goat, half-demon monster. St. Nicholas rewards the good children, and Krampus punishes the wicked ones. Where Santa Claus brings treats, presents, and holiday joy, Krampus brings punishment, pain, and sorrow. Those who Krampus finds to be naughty, he beats with branches and sticks. And should they be found exceptionally naughty, he is said to torture and eat them or take them to hell. Not surprisingly, given this behavior, Krampus is not depicted with a bag of presents over his shoulder, but rather a sack or cage with which to bear the naughty children away. Ironically, Santa Claus has evolved much more over the years than Krampus. Santa Claus became more magical and mortal, metamorphosing from a saintly man to a jolly old elf in his mission to bring joy and hope to the world. Krampus, on the other hand, has always been a creature of punishment and pain, with the only true change being that from a pagan spirit to a demonic one. Fortunately, however, though Santa Claus always rewards good boys and girls, Krampus at times can be bought off with an offering of a piece of fruit, typically an apple or an orange, by a naughty child. When thus placated, he will sit down to eat the gift, sharing it with whomever is there and engage in polite conversation. Then Krampus will leave the area, harming no one. Conversely, this could be seen as an example of how the Christian world absorbed the pagan world. Cookies and milk are offered to Santa each Christmas as a thank you for all the joy he brings. But for generations, each stocking came filled with fruits and nuts, with an orange in the toe of the stocking and an apple on top. Perhaps this is a throwback along the lines of when the ancient Celts would leave offerings to appease the fairy folk. Then again, 
It may just be wishful thinking on the part of naughty children around the world. I suppose you could test the theory if you like. Krampus has gained more notoriety of late, though he has always been a popular character in his land of origin. He has his own festival, much like a dark Thanksgiving or Christmas parade. There is the Krampusloff or Krampus Run, which often involves alcohol, people dressed as Krampus parading through the streets, scaring spectators, and sometimes chasing them. Beginning in the late 20th century, amid efforts to preserve cultural heritage, Krampus runs became increasingly popular in Austria and Germany. During this time, Krampus began to be celebrated internationally, and the pagan spirit's growing appeal spawned numerous horror films. There are even Krampus greeting cards, possibly to be included with the inevitable holiday fruitcake. So as the year winds inexorably to its close, it might be a good time to ask ourselves, have we been naughty or nice? Apparently, Santa isn't the only one who keeps a list or arrives with the sound of sleigh bells. And though the last thing Santa wants you to see is him leaving presents, if you see Krampus, it might very well be the last thing you ever see. I hope you enjoyed this slight diversion during the holiday season. Whether you have been nice or naughty, or even some combination of the two, hopefully the sleigh bells aren't tolling for you. Stock up on lots of cookies and milk and some fruit for you-know-who, just in case. And as always, until next time, I will be waiting for you in the shadows of legend.